Hello, I'm Tara. I'm here with Mark. We're a sibling duo talking about chaos prevention, and today we're going to discuss Cal Newport's book, Digital Minimalism. So a few weeks ago, I read a book called Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport, and it's kind of been making the rounds on like Instagram reviews and, and book clubs and things that are, you know, grab my attention online. Anything that has the word minimalism in the title, I'm curious about just because I've been that way a little bit. I told you about it and you were like, should I read it? And so did you? I did. It. Uh, I purchased it last week and then I read like a chapter in the evening through last week and finished it in a week. Well, good job. I, I took several weeks to read it. I mean, I, <laughs> I devoured it. What I felt like was devoured, but I have a hard time with nonfiction. It takes me a long time to read nonfiction. So obviously there's going to be spoilers in the episodes. So yes. people want to turn off right now. <laughs> spoilers Thank in the nonfiction. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, actually. And I think that, you know, we should go ahead and tell people if we recommend it or not, and then we'll get into the details. Yeah. So I have two questions. Good. Okay. Yes. My two questions are, one, are you glad you read it? And two, would you recommend that others read it? So why don't you answer that? I actually give it a thumbs down. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know if that's surprising to you. Um, it is, actually. But uh, am I glad I read it? Sure, because it you know, gives us conversation. We get to spend time together talking about the book. <laughs> and maybe <laughs> there's like... book club. <laughs> yeah. And there's... Maybe a few takeaways. Um, could I have gotten them from other sources? I think so. Okay. My impression is I'm glad I read it. And I actually give it a thumbs up. Um, and I do recommend that others read it. In fact, I recommended that on my social media um, a couple weeks ago when I finished it. Um, but what's funny is uh, an Instagrammer slash blogger slash podcaster that I like anti-recommended it. Um, in her newsletter. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Did I send that to you? No. I'll I'll try to find it and send it to you. Um, she did not care for it, and and there was somebody else on Instagram who kind of pushed back at my recommendation. And the the podcaster, she just was like, I don't get how this guy can speak to uh, the author's Cal Newport. She's like, I don't get how he can speak to some of these things when he's never been on social media and he's never oh, yeah. struggled with these things. And see, that yeah. that's not a turnoff for me. I'm like, we should be listening to someone who doesn't struggle with these things. He's probably yeah. thinking clearly about it. Yeah, I saw uh, that kind of sentiment. I went and looked on Amazon just very briefly at the reviews to see how other people felt because it's got over four stars. I don't know the exact deal, but um, the poor reviews, I think, uh, reflect my sentiments. I think too, the other, the other commenter on my social media that didn't like it, she had read one of his other books a while ago and thought that he was sort of a misogynist. And I was like, I don't think so. I did not get that, that impression that he's like, Do you know which, his, one? which book? Yeah. I think she was referring to deep work. Okay. I haven't read deep work. So he's also written so good. They can't ignore you. And I didn't read that one. I listened to it on uh, Audible. He mentions his other books at some point in um, Digital Minimalism. And I'm like, oh, that's why I don't like this book. Why? <laughs> I, I think I just don't like his style. Okay. Well, I mean, I definitely didn't get the impression that he's like against women or something like that or against anybody. Um, I yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't take that away. So I don't know where that commenter was coming with that. But again, I didn't, I didn't read his other books. 
I thought it was thoughtful and surprising. So you want me to go through my takeaways and then I can tell you what I was surprised by? Yes, please. Okay, so I have three takeaways. One, I really liked how he talked about connection versus conversation. He talked about how he's using the word connection to talk about online little thumbs up or a like or a comment um, on social media or probably even text or blogs or whatever. Um, A connection, see, in my mind, in the adoption world, connection means something very good and important. Connection means attached in a healthy way. So I had to kind of like recalibrate my mind to look at the word connection to mean like just a little tiny quick hit of dopamine online. He's saying those connections aren't, they can't possibly replace a conversation. And he's very pro conversation where it's face to face or even on the phone um, where you can hear someone's voice, you can see their face, hear their tone, um, and that there's the back and forth, back and forth. And that we get way more, we feel way more attached to someone that way than we do these little online connections. And I think he's 100% right. I mean, I love social media. I love Instagram. (laughs) I don't love Facebook because I don't know. There's just so much negativity. Like on my, um, on different groups I'm on, you know, I, I hide all the notifications, but if for some reason I'm looking for something and then I come across these nasty conversations, you know, where people are mad at each other or judging someone's motives. And I just, that's the stuff that I really hate. But my, my Instagram experience is very positive. But I do think that there's a danger of feeling connected to someone just because we see them online. And then we actually don't see them in person. And so I actually don't know what's going on in their life. Because Instagram, like we all say, it's a snapshot. And we really don't know until we talk to someone and live their, live life with them and see them and do things with them and for them, you know? So yeah, totally. I, I like that. I And since I read the book, I've been making more of an effort to see people in person. And if I have a question for somebody, maybe I'll call them or wait till I see them instead of saying it online or saying in text. And I think that the effort in my life, so this is I'm not saying that this should be somebody else's, but in my life that has paid off and I've gotten together with two different friends in the last two weeks for coffee, friends I don't normally have coffee with, or I've actually said to people when I've seen them in person, like, Hey, I'm trying to, you know, make more real life conversation and real life time. So if you ever want to talk, let's talk on the phone or let's get together instead of having, um, quick little black and white conversations over text. You know, that's just hard. That's hard for me. The digital like texting is hard. I think, yeah, because um, it's fine to pass along information. And I think that's what's happened is I at some point moved from just passing along information or asking a quick question to having text conversations. I'm using air quotes because I, I can't do, I can't do those either. I don't like them either. And and I knew I didn't like them, but I kept doing it. I, there's something about me that I feel compelled to respond. Like, even if my kids are interrupting or being rude, I still have this, like, compulsion to want to answer what they're saying, even though I really should ignore that they're interrupting me and, you know, instruct them to do it the right way or whatever. So, you know, someone might try to engage over text on a on an important conversation, and there's part of me that just feels... Like, it's just so natural to, like, respond to that. If I see that a text conversation is going that way, I'll just call or whatever. How many unread notifications do you have right now? Um, zero. 
Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Let me check. I do have one unread text. I have four unread reminders. That's it. But I turned a lot of my badges off. I think that the nature of text for me needs to be passing along information when needed. And I've actually started telling friends, I'm like, hey, if you if for some reason I don't see your text in a timely manner, call me, call me, call me, call me. Um, because there's been times where I'll have a friend like, hey, can you pick this thing up for me at the store? And I won't see it because I'm trying not to like be all up in my phone's grill. But I've got my my phone will ring. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I'll be able to answer a telephone call um, just the way I've got my notifications and whatnot set up. So I'm like, just telling people like, Hey, if you need something, just call me, just call me, especially if it's time sensitive. It's not time sensitive. Don't worry about it. And I feel like all of a sudden I'm like the only one, I'm not the only one, but I just get a sense that like certain friends of mine are better at this than me. And they don't feel compelled to answer real quick to clear out those notifications or whatever. I mean, I'm probably just a great lab rat and I have responded with all these intermittent rewards in the way that (laughs) these developers designed phones and apps, you know? Oh, are you saying like other people are good at not digital boundaries? I think think. maybe your age or, or do you observe, uh, people my um, age. I, I can think of two people whose names I won't say who are really good at this. Like today I got a response from a friend who is 29 and I texted her three days ago and she somehow, I mean, she's very wise beyond her years, but she was uh, at a weekend thing and couldn't, I don't know. She didn't say if she didn't want to answer or whatever, but the implication is she was there at her event to concentrate on the event, not to have text conversations with me. And when she wrote back, she's like, I'm sorry, I was at a thing and now I'm catching up. And I'm like, you're great. Like all I did was send you this information because I knew you'd want to know and that I knew you would get back to me. So it's like understood between me and her that that's fine. Um, I have another friend who's my age um, from home growing up and just her entire adult life that we've all had cell phones. She does not answer texts back in any sort of timely manner. And she's busy and she homeschools her kids. And I just don't know how she's done. I want to ask her, I want to interview her and be like, how have you not become so up in your phone? Because I think you've done something right. And again, she'll take days to answer me, but you know what? If I call her, she will pick up. She always has. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if she hides her phone. Do you know, know what? Her, I don't Do you know, know her Enneagram? Uh, she says she's a I, four. I think she's I don't, a... I don't know if that has anything to do with anything, but curious. Um, I really don't know if it has to do with personality. I think she's got her priorities pretty laid out. Like for her, homeschooling is a big priority. Um, serving at her church is a big priority. And I think clearing out her text messages is not a priority. I'm not saying that that is my like actual priority. It's just I'm so conditioned to be in my phone. So if I can turn off notifications in certain ways, that just has helped me. Do you want to guess how many unread messages I have right now? Um, text messages? Yeah. If it's over a hundred, I'm going to be mad at you. Yeah. It's 142. But see, maybe you're, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm wrong on this uh, as far as <laughs> clearing those things out. I mean, and you've said sometimes it's really hard for you to keep up with group conversations okay. and stuff. Right. So I just clicked on a, a group thread and cleared that out. Now I'm down to 61. So I think a lot of mine are coming from group threads. Is it group threads where people are like, ha ha ha, that was hilarious or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Talking about a football game or, you know, whatever's going on. 
See, that's what I, I, I would rather, if we're going to have that conversation, if, you know, I guess I would rather be watching the football game together. I know that's not possible always, but. Yeah, these people are spread out. They're what? Spread out. Yeah. Anywho. Okay, so let me go to my next takeaway. Um, He also talked about cultivating high-quality leisure in the book. He's like, you can't just tell yourself you're not going to be all up in your phone or social media or in the internet because then you're going to feel sort of empty and terrible (laughs) because those activities have replaced over time, possibly, they've replaced high-quality leisure. And so he talks about like taking walks and having solitude or teaching yourself a skill. Or he actually referenced the um, FI community, the financial independent community, because he's like, those people have um, figured out how to really leverage their free time. He's like, sitting around is overrated. In fact, I think he had some quote about that. Um, He's like, I'm not suggesting that you sit around. Oh, (laughs) it says doing nothing is overrated. He's like, but what we've done is we've pulled out our phones out of our back pocket instead of reading a book, instead of learning a craft or doing something with our kids or whatever. So that was a takeaway for me. And um, he talked about scheduling it, scheduling your high quality leisure. And I'm like, that's so interesting because I think we all have things that we say are important to us, but then if we don't do anything with that, what does that mean? Right. I decided to schedule some high quality leisure. And would you like to know one of those things? Please. My goal is to teach myself three Christmas songs on piano. Simple. Whoa. Yes. Uh, Cause I have um, a couple of, you know, children's piano books and I took piano for years, which doesn't mean anything other than I can kind of peck out a tune. And <laughs> I figured if I am going to teach myself this, um, I might as well do a familiar tune. So I don't have to like struggle with like, Rhythm and stuff. That's where I struggled with music was rhythm, like reading the uh, the time quality of notes. So yep. Yep. I've been scheduling that in the 30 minutes before the kids come home from school. And that has been extremely gratifying. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my last takeaway, this is, uh, it kind of blew my mind. He recommended um, a phone called the light phone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you remember reading about that? Yeah. And I like it. I like it for an option for a kid. It's basically a dumb phone, but with what GPS and a couple other functionality. So you can make phone calls, you make text messages, um, but no social media, no real internet. Um, you know, you can't get on Safari or whatever. And I thought that's great for a kid option for when we're ready for phones. But honestly, secretly, maybe it's a good option for me. Like, what would it look like? If I were to get rid of my phone, what? I feel like I could do it. And I feel like I might be better off for it, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I've been, you know, I've been thinking about like, could I get away without a phone? And I've been thinking about it for years. And I don't, I don't know if I could because I rely on, you know, Google Maps. But, uh, you know, I could get like a GPS device, uh, Garmin or something like that, which that's a complaint I had. I feel like he missed some obvious solutions. He he talked about, he gave some anecdote of somebody who needed their phone because they use Google Maps. I'm like, well, they could just get a Garmin or or whatever. But didn't um, he talk about that? Because he said that there was one lady who did that and she just um, started planning out her days better so that she could get directions. Before yeah, she left house. yeah, two different anecdotes, I think. But I thought, and this is one of my complaints in the book, is that he he missed a couple obvious solutions. Yeah. 
I mean, do you think he missed it or do you think he was just like, duh, everybody knows about GPS? Maybe he didn't. I think he missed it. Mm. Uh, I wanted to mention the, there's a, a Motorola Razor that just came out. I think the, the version three, they brought it back. The, the Razor. Do you remember the Razor? Is that the flip phone? Yes. But can't you get on the internet with that? I'd have to look. Oh, maybe it's expensive. $1,500? I don't know. Come on. Oh, I was hoping it'd be like a dumb phone. I do remember my phone before my first smartphone, which actually was an Android, but the previous phone, I could get on the internet. There was a screen. It was hard to like figure out how to do, but I could. And so... Yes. Yes. I could get on when I was like 16 with my very first dumb phone. So I guess as a as a mom, you know, I don't love that as far as teenagers. I mean, it was an awful experience. It was right. super slow. And, you know, yeah, but if you're doing things you shouldn't be doing, it's worth it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, not that I think that my kids are going to do that, but I think, you know, if I could just have a quick side note about GroupMe. Have we talked about GroupMe? No. Is GroupMe owned by Facebook? Mm. WhatsApp is owned by Facebook. Okay. So maybe I don't know who owns GroupMe then. Um, one of my kids is involved in an activity where they are on GroupMe. The kids are. Uh, because a lot of them have iPods and iPhones uh, and iPads or, you know, whatever. It's it's a way they can all communicate even if a kid doesn't have a phone. So my kids don't have actual phones yet, but they all have iPods. So I thought GroupMe was fine because it's just glorified text, texting. Um, well, but however, one of my kids, the, the kid I'm talking about was not getting messages. His account was blocked. It appeared that someone had kicked him out of the group, um, uh-huh. and blocked him. And so I started investigating this and I contacted one of the other dads. I said, does it look like from your end that my kid is blocked from this group? And he was like, no, it looks you know, he's one of the administrators or whatever. I'm like, okay. Couldn't figure it out. Couldn't figure it out. Finally deleted it from his phone, put grip me on my phone, logged my kid in. And you know what? There was porn. There was spam porn. Oh, so coming what? from his account? Not coming from his account that had come to his, his account from, from a nobody. It wasn't from one of the other kids on his group. Or any, it was just spam Oh, and it was pornographic. And so what I finally figured out was that the Apple parental controls did their job and would not allow him to log on to group me on his phone because I've got it. I've got those parental controls pretty tight. Um, so he, he never saw it. He never saw it. I saw it. Hey, that's I great. know. Yay. That is the <laughs> entire reason I wanted iPods for my kids is for the um, parental controls. So all that to say, I, I wrote emails to a couple of the leaders of this group that my child is in. I'm like, Hey, group me. You can get porn on it. And they were like, oh, okay. Nothing changed, but (laughs) cool. I was like, well, for my child, he's not going to be on the group me. So if y'all want to reach him, you can call me, call my phone. Uh, Your child can call my phone and ask to speak to my child, Um, whatever. Or you can email us where we check our email. So at any rate. Good for you. uh, Side note on group me, but they're on my poo-poo list. (laughs) All right, let's hear your takeaways. All right, so I gave it a thumbs down. Um, let me, yeah, let me go back to my like overall impressions here. Uh, I thought he had like really long anecdotes, um, and sometimes he, I feel like, struggled to get back to the point 
or connect the point he was trying to make to the anecdote time and time again. Uh, it took him until like near the end of the book to mention Dunbar's number, which is like, I wanted to talk about Dunbar's number. I'd never heard of it before. Oh yeah. Um, it's pretty interesting. So it's like, you can what maintain maybe a hundred people, 150 people in your life at varying levels, best friend, good friend, acquaintance kind of thing. Um, is, is what Dunbar's number is, uh, as far as I understand it. And so like with social media, we're trying to maintain way more than a hundred or 150 relationships possibly. Um, and so I, I thought that should have been brought up way sooner. Uh, I already, I already mentioned about like his lack of solutions. One thing that is a popular app is the forest app. So you, set a timer in this app and it grows like a little digital tree. Um, and if you leave the app, your little tree dies. So you're like kind of incentivized to remain focused on whatever task you're doing. So it um, allows you to not get distracted by being like, oh, let me just open up Instagram like that. Yeah. If you do that, then you, you kill your little tree. You don't want your little tree dead. Do you use this app? No, but <laughs> it's well known. <laughs> I mean, that sounds lame to me, but, you know. <laughs> well, maybe I'm not explaining it well, so whatever. It well, I mean, I think I think Cal Newport makes a case for using technology to protect us from technology. So in that sense, you know, that makes, that might be a good tool. He talked me. about, like, little hacks aren't good enough. Like, you have to, you know, stop using your phone for 30 days, basically. And I feel like he didn't make the argument for that. Or, or like, why don't these little hacks work? And and since the book's been published, like Apple on the iPhone has um, the app or the, the in the settings app uh, screen time. Right. And so you can check, you know, how many times you're picking up your phone, how many notifications from what apps you're getting. Um, so that's really helpful to me. So I've like, uh, over time, stopped notifications from the apps that give me the most notifications so like sorry but i i turn off notifications from snapchat i actually i deleted snapchat what see you didn't know you didn't know i haven't been checking your snaps and haven't you haven't gotten any from me i think that's telling don't you well now i feel insulted i've been sending you stuff well on the siblings uh group chat yeah um well what happened was (laughs) So, so my phone needed a new battery and I went to the Apple store and turns out they punctured the battery while they were changing it. So they gave me a new phone. Oh, dang. Yeah. But I don't know why the disconnect here. I had trouble loading some of my apps. Like they wouldn't work. It was real messed up. I don't, I can't even explain how they wouldn't work. So I had to delete a lot of apps and then re-download them. But a lot of them that I deleted, I couldn't remember what they were. And so I'm like, well, I'll remember when I need the thing. And Snapchat was one of the ones that wouldn't work. And so I just um, re-downloaded it. Yeah. And I, then, I haven't really missed it because I just check stuff all the time. It's like really damaging, I feel like, to my own integration of my own brain. Yeah. Um, well, if, if you need to know like what apps you don't have on your phone, there's a way to check that. But it sounds like you don't. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm good. Um, but I do know that I can reach the siblings through Instagram. We have a group chat there that we don't use that much, but um, 
my relationship with my phone is not working for me or hasn't been. And in the last month or so since I, since I finished this book, it just, this book hit me at a really uh, appropriate time in my life. And maybe that's the difference. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I can't even believe, like I took so many notes. I was like yelling when I'm reading. I'm like, yes, you know, <laughs> it just, oh, wow. it, yeah. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of sad you didn't like it, but I understand. Yeah. I was trudging through some of it. Yeah. See, I thought, I thought the book should have been a blog post or a TED talk. It was, <laughs> it was too too long. And uh, for the amount of ideas that he had, there's just like, he did have a much. lot of ideas. I no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying All right, we're at 40 few, minutes. Like, I, he had few ideas. Oh, see, I just, I, he's surprised. Okay. So one of my surprises uh, was when he talked about solitude. That is not where I thought a book about digital minimalism would go. And the, I, I did everything he told me to do. <laughs> See, this is what I do. I find, I find like a hack. I'm like, let's go. Like he talked about getting a little moleskin notebook. It's, it's basically the size of uh, a cell phone. And he's like, use this to take your notes. Be with your thoughts. Don't pull your phone out. Pull, maybe pull out a notebook. Write your thoughts down. Take a walk. He talked a lot about like the discipline of walking as a way to help you as a person. See, I didn't. I didn't connect with his, like, so I, I highlighted a, a little passage here about solitude. He says, when you avoid solitude, you miss out on the positive things it brings you. The ability to clarify hard problems, to regulate your emotions, to build moral courage, and to strengthen relationships. So, but I didn't really understand these last two. Build moral courage and strengthen relationships by being in solitude? Like, I don't... I think because it, he's saying you're trying to replace those little bitty... Um, digital connections with actual conversation. And like when you've cheapened the relationship by just having an online relationship, maybe giving solitude gives your mind time to think so that you're not even really interested in those little bitty cheap dopamine hits and that you'd rather seek someone out because you've been by yourself. Let me go seek out a coffee with a friend, you know, or whatever. I don't know. That That's where, that's the way I took it. I don't know. Moral courage. I don't, I don't know. Um, um, I didn't, I there's didn't a few things that. I can, I, I would like, yeah, there's a few things we could talk about off mic later that I'll tell you why it was relevant for me, but not right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and I just feel like he didn't step back far enough. You know, he's really honed in on the, the conversations that you're replacing, but I, I think we need to step back further and say, what other things are being replaced? So like, I briefly Googled, like, like, all right, what are the things that we as humans need to do to make us happy? And, like, it pops up that, you know, one of the things is that we need to help others. Um, so is this replacing time that you spend in helping others uh, by being mm. on your your phone or watching Netflix and doing your binge? Um, so what about kids and what is it replacing for them? Time outside or... What other yes. Yes. social skills that they're developing um, as they're growing? Um, and so I think he like focused on just like one of these things, the, the conversation piece, uh, without like broadening to other things that we might be replacing. Anywho. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, that's why they say uh, that kids playing too many video games. It's not even that the video games are probably that bad. It's just that it's replacing other things that are valuable, you know? Yeah. But so I think, isn't that what he means by, things? 
the valuable things that I think that's what he meant by high quality leisure. Don't you think? I, I feel like he gave the example of like playing a board game and that was it, <laughs> which I love playing board games, but I feel like he didn't dive into other activities. I don't know. Maybe I just like got in a bad funk when reading this book. <laughs> I mean, like, it, I, I think the takeaway overall here is just some books are for some people and they're not for others. Uh, oh, I don't even know if I've like talked about my takeaways yet in the broad terms here. Um, my takeaway is like reduce how much the phone pulls you in. So we should be going to our phones and not the phone like pulling us into them. So like the notification thing, Yes, I've been like dialing that way down uh, as a result, result of this book, trying to at least. So I've like turned off for a couple apps that were really high and I've set up um, last night I was working on this. I've been um, trying to figure out a way to like turn off all my work stuff in the evenings and weekends. So I've like configured do not disturb to basically run from like 5 PM until like 7:30 in the mornings. And then like also on the weekends, Oh, screen time uh, is what I mean. Do not disturb. I have from like 10 PM till like 7 AM. Anywho. So then with my screen time, um, then I just enable all the apps that I use. And then just, uh, I don't add my like work apps to that uh, mm. screen time allow app section. I think budgeting time was something that he should have gone more into or so Did like you say budgeting, me, budgeting time. Um, okay. And, and talking about it like a budget. So have you done like the Dave Ramsey financial peace course? I've never done the course, but I, I know a lot about it. I mean, yeah, so Dave, by osmosis probably. But. So Dave, you know, Dave, we're good buds. Um, <laughs> he talks about like, if you don't assign your money to go somewhere, it's going to disappear. Okay. And I think the same thing happens with our time. If we do not assign it somewhere, we are going to fill it with Facebook, Instagram, Netflix, whatever. Yes. It's just going to evaporate before our eyes. And so you've like cut out time for practicing your piano. Um, and so then all of a sudden you're going to have a skill set, you know, in whatever amount of time before Christmas. So you can play three songs, <laughs> three songs. Yeah. Anywho. Uh, so that was my takeaway. So now I, you know, I need to budget my time. I've been reading every day uh, since uh, you told me to read this book. So that's been like an activity that I've added into my life. And I, I don't think I've touched any streaming services in the last week or so. Wow. <laughs> That's wow. impressive, honestly, for you. <laughs> love you, you love you some Netflix. Yeah. That's great. Hey, in a, in, let's touch base maybe in six weeks to talk about our, our replacement activities and just see how it's going. Oh man. Okay. No, we won't do that. It's fine. Go on. Do we, do we, uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I think I'm done. I, um, one thing that came across my LinkedIn, uh, was like this video by Simon Sinek. So you have one of his books. Uh, I do. And in fact, I'm going to hear him speak like next really? week. Yes. Really? Yes. At? at Church of the Highlands, they do a, um, a leadership conference and he's one of the speakers this year and this will be my first year going. What, so. what, what day? Um, it's in December. I say next oh. week. So sorry. I mean, man, first week in December. It's on a Wednesday. Uh, okay. But go well, ahead. I'm excited to hear him speak. 
Yeah. Uh, so like one of his videos popped up on my LinkedIn. I didn't know who he was. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Um, and then I looked him up on YouTube and watched a couple of his videos. So I think if you don't want to read the book, Digital Minimalism, you know, I think you can get some of the takeaways from Simon. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's a good word. Okay. Because um, he, he has like a video on, um, if you probably Google like Simon Sinek and millennials, uh, there's some stuff in there about our devices. Okay. I will Google that. Let's wrap up. But I want to tell you one thing I've been doing that I think might be relevant to the people that listen to this podcast. In my community, there's a lot of people who say they don't have a lot of time. And so I think that is why sort of an audit, a digital audit or screen time is really helpful. And one thing that I don't feel like I've had time for is to deal with the mess of my pictures, digital pictures. I listened to a podcast where there was a guest on there who that's what she does. She's a professional digital photo organizer. And I bought her course. She has an online course and she tells you step by step. She's got a checklist. She's got little videos that are, you know, anywhere from a minute to five minutes long on how to do this, like choosing a cloud service and choosing a, you know, how to buy an external hard drive. And she tells you how to do it. And so I've been working on that and I'm so excited about it because in the end, all the photos are going to be together backed up in two places. So that has been, I guess you could call that, is that, is that one of my high quality leisure times? It it might be. I, I feel like I've gained a lot of time to be able to focus on stuff like that. So have you ever done anything like that? Like organize your pictures? No. <laughs> <laughs> let the record I, I, show I, that you don't have kids who've had done things like been baptized. So you don't have that kind of picture. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. From my phone, definitely not. Um, I just dump them on my computer in a folder. Uh, but when I was like taking a lot of photos, like in college with my like, DSLR, then yeah, I would stick them in a folder uh, named with like the event of whatever I was doing. Cool. Well, once I've finished the process, I'll report back to you um, on how it all goes. But I'm like maybe 20% into the course so far. So I'm excited. I can't wait to have my pictures all in one spot. That's great. See, I think it's a a low low value activity for me where uh, I, I don't know what kind of return I'm going to get by organizing my photos. Yeah. I mean, I get that. And I, I think you've done some incredible, you know, you've had some incredible experiences and have some great pictures. Um, but see the, the pressure's on for me because I've got three small people who this is like their life, you know, like Halloween costumes and, you know, like stuff that I want to be able to hand them one day, you know? Well, you're a better person than me. No, I knew you were going to say something like that. I'm just saying, I'm saying the stakes are high. The stakes are high for me. Hmm. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to lose their pictures. I will say I have friends. I have two different friends I could think of whose mothers like threw away most of their stuff from growing up, including pictures and they don't have much and they're fine. They're okay. So, you know, if it doesn't work out, it's going to be fine. (laughs) It'll be okay. (laughs) All right. Do we, oh, should we also follow up from last time? We were talking about weight loss. Oh, yeah. What do you want to say? You've been maintaining? In in fact, I've, yeah, I've been maintaining and lost a couple pounds that I wanted to lose. That's great. Yeah. So I'm down maybe 10 pounds. Oh, very good. Yeah. I'm down 
let's think, depending if you look at my high, I'm down five pounds. So yeah. Nice. Let's follow up on this. Have you contacted any cycling groups or Habitat or anybody to get involved? No, I did my homework though. I looked it up. (laughs) I looked up the Habitat group. Now, did you join an email list? Did you do that? I haven't done that. Did you join the email list? I haven't. I want you to do it to do it today. Okay. Don't tell me you haven't had time. Let me see your screen time, and then you tell I know, me you haven't right. had time. All right. Well, we're at an hour. Yeah. Very good. We're at an hour. Let's let's wrap it up. All done. Hey, one <laughs> so more thing. Long. I love one you. One more thing. What? What? I'm kidding. kidding. Okay. Well, hey, (laughs) truly, one more thing. You're coming out here in six days for Thanksgiving. Hallelujah. I'm excited about that. There better be gravy. For you, I'll make some gravy. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome.